to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with the true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Father, I ask this afternoon, Lord, for just clarity in the word. I pray that you would be with my tongue. I pray that you'd be with my spirit. And Lord, I thank you for this day. Lord, it's just been encouraging and refreshing to our spirit. And we just praise you, Lord, for the testimonies, the songs, the fellowship, the food. It's just been just been a wonderful day. But Lord, in this last couple of minutes, God, would you give us the attention to hear and to glean from your word in Jesus name? Amen. Thank you. May be seated. So if you'll go back to the Sunday school message, you'll remember that we were talking about the transition, the difficulty of the believers who were leaving the temple and and that lifestyle and all that encumbered that and turning to the church, the simple meeting house, the songs, the lack of pomp and circumstance and simply just a man who was maybe one of them. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't a preacher because he was from the tribe of Levi. He wasn't a preacher because of some other thing. He was a preacher because God had called him. And he would stand up. Some of them were fishermen. Some of them had been tax collectors. And now these men who, who had such a, a past are now the ones proclaiming the Word of God. It was just total opposite than the, the temple lifestyle. And so we come to, to chapter 10 of Hebrews, and I want you to notice here that we're talking about the greatness of Jesus Christ. First of all, he, he references this in chapter 9, that the, um, I, I don't have time to go into this, but we're reminded that the tabernacle that was on uh, the one that Moses established literally was a replica. If I can say it this way, it wasn't the real thing. The real thing was in heaven. The real mercy seat was in glory. The real uh, place of worship was before a holy God. And so we find here in chapter 10, in verse 1, notice here just the first verse. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually, notice this phrase, this is key, make the comer thereunto, what's the next word? Perfect. So, so here, here's what he's stating. He's saying all of these sacrifices and all of this pomp, all of this, all of this work, it could never make the comer perfect. So here is somebody who was coming. Brother Terry, can I, can I borrow you for a second? If you'll stand up there and if you'll, if you'll uh, be the Lord and Daniel, if I can borrow you, just, just to illustrate this. 
Daniel can never have a relationship with God. If I can allow him to represent uh, our, our, our Father in Heaven, here is Daniel, a sinner. And Daniel's trying, and he comes with a thousand sacrifices. He comes with ten thousand sacrifices. And, and, and the truth is, it, let's back up here because he's a pretty bad sinner. <laughs> the distance between him and the holiness of God, that, that gap is it, it's never closed. He, he doesn't even get a step closer. He comes with the, the, the best of the rams and the best of the offerings and the best of the lambs and the best of the bullocks. And, and he doesn't even budge. He, he doesn't get any closer. And then with Jesus Christ, I want you to catch this. Jesus Christ is able to make the comer. What does that next verse say? He makes the comer what? He makes the comer perfect. Now, I want, I want you to catch this. He just doesn't bring him to God. He now has a new standing with God. Isn't that amazing? That, that, that there's no separation. As a matter of fact, when Daniel got saved, Daniel was placed. And you know, when we do a baptism, baptism is just a picture of what happened when I got saved. I wasn't placed in water. How many understand that when I got saved, I was placed into Jesus Christ? And if any man be, what's the phrase, in Christ, he is a what? A dead man. <laughs> if he's in Christ, he's a what? A new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. And so I, I, want you to, I want you to kind of capture this thought just for a second here. Because in chapter 10, we're establishing that the comer has not just made some improvements. The comer has just not made some distance. You see, here, here's, here's what Catholicism would teach. Catholicism would teach with this. Well, I'm not only up there, but I'm a little bit closer. Religion can't, can't close the gap. It can't, it can't. It can't bridge this gap at all. But the miracle of salvation, and by the way, you should never get over the miracle of salvation. God just didn't give us an inch closer. It's not like, well, I'm, I'm not perfect, but I'm, I'm, I'm better off than where I was ten years ago. No, when I got saved, I was made perfect. I have a standing with God. I have fellowship with God. Because I have been placed into Jesus Christ. And by the way, somebody tell me, where is Jesus Christ? He's at the right hand of the Father. If Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, then where am I? Oh, come on, let's not make it difficult. Where am I? I'm at the right hand of the Father. So, that's, we read these verses, come boldly to the throne of grace. And you're like, how would I ever get there? Oh, friends, I'm in Jesus Christ. I, I have access to that throne. I, I am right there. So I, want you to, so I want you to understand here that as we're talking about this, in verse 14, if you go through verse 10, or chapter 10, verse 14, for by one offering, he hath, he hath perfected, how long? Forever, them that are sanctified. Man, what a great verse. God gave me a holy nature. Notice verse 15. Whereof the what? Holy. Man, when I got saved, the Holy Ghost is a witness. And notice what it's a witness to. It's a witness to us for after He has said before. So we find all of this. Verse 16. I will put the laws into their heart and I will write their, in their minds 
And verse 17, their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Listen to me, my friend. Remission of sin. God would see me. Listen to me when I say this. God would see me as if I had never sinned. The righteousness of Jesus Christ is now my righteousness. Their sins and iniquities will I remember how long? Wow, what a blessing. What a blessing. God sees me totally different. So, so here, here's, here's what I'm trying to capture. I want you to see if I can say this, the work of Jesus Christ. And then it says in verse 20, by a new and living way. Does everybody see this? So, so I, want you to, I want you to catch this. I want you to catch this. Brother Nance, we don't have the temple. Not anymore. Wow. So we're not going to be offering sacrifices? No. Well, how are we supposed to live? A new and a what kind of way? It's a full of life. The word living literally means that. It means it's, full, it's, it's an abundant life. It is a living way. So catch this. Here is Daniel, and through the person of Jesus Christ, Daniel now, on, on his life, on his journey... Guess where his standing is? His standing is literally before God, and he has access to come boldly to the throne of where? Grace. To find mercy and grace to help. So, so understand a couple of things. So let's look, at, let's look at this new and living way. Number one, I want you to write down three words. If you're writing down these verses, 19, 20, and 21, I now have about four minutes. And this is... This is uh, I don't know if we're counting dog years or cat years on this. So, um, no, number one, I want you to notice the access. Verse 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness to, what's that next word? Enter. All right. Now, let me, let me help you. We're going to be together for a whole week on family camp. And so I'll just kind of tell you how I preach. I constantly want you to be following me in the verses because I'm going to ask, I want you to know what the Bible says. And I know you're used to that preaching, but I'm going to ask you, what's this word? What does the word mean? Because I, I, I want you to walk out of here with an excitement about knowing and loving your Bible. Everybody with me on that? You excited about it? Good. So am I. All right. So notice verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to what? Enter. Can I, can I just say something? Not everybody has access. I, I, I want, I, I'm glad he saved me from my sins. But he just didn't save me from my sins. When I got saved, I got access. I want, I want you to catch this. Not to heaven. I got access to God. I'm going to be honest with you. Everybody in this room has keys. Those keys have access. You don't give those keys out to everybody. Is that right? You have some precious things. You have some things that are guarded. They're guarded under keys. Not everybody has a key to this church. Those keys give access. When I got saved, God gave me access to Him. Can you imagine the president saying, Hey, listen, here's my number. 24 hours a day, seven times, seven days in a week, anytime you need access to me, you call. Man, that's pretty good access, isn't it? Can I tell you, that's what I got with God. 
notice, notice what he says here. He says, access, um, having, there, or, uh, um, ha- having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into a holiness by the blood of Jesus Christ. And then notice verse 20. By a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh. I want you to write this word down, and that's the ability. God not only gave me access to the holiness by the blood, but then we talk about the veil. Now you see these terminologies, and to the Jew, when they hear the veil, they automatically knew what this was a reference to. It's talking about that tabernacle. And, and, and they understood that, that nobody had access to cross that veil except the high priest. And somebody answered this question, how often did the high priest cross the veil? How many? Once a year. So, come here, Daniel. So even if Daniel had been given the access of a high priest, then he would have... I want you to, I want you to just catch this new and living way. All right, great. So you're telling me that just like the high priest, I would have access and the ability to go to God... But if we're talking about like on the earth, I could only cross that veil one day out of the year. Man, I want to save that card. Because if I only get access to God one day out of the year, I mean, I'm just going to wait. Yeah, I would think that way. Anybody else with me? And he's like, no, 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 no. No, no, no. You don't have access just one day on the Day of Atonement. No, no, you're, you're not a high priest. This is a new and living way. Everybody with me? We don't want you to go there just one day out of the year. We want you to live there. Does everybody follow me? You don't get to go there one day. You mean I can, I can go here Sunday? Yeah, Sunday morning. Well, then that, that's it. No, you can go back Sunday night. What about Monday? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on back up here. It's a new and what kind of way? Living way. So, so I get two days out of the year? Oh, no. Well, I, 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 I thought the high priest only went one time a year. Can you, can you get this? Their entire life, they only went, they only crossed that veil one day out of the year on the Day of Atonement. I've gone more to the throne of grace more this, more this week than, than the high priest did in his entire life. If he, lived, if he lived 52 years, he only got to go, he only served maybe from, from the day he was 30 up, he, he only got to go 22 days out of his entire life did he cross that veil. Think about that. And we're going up Wednesday. I need to go talk to God. It's been a rough Thursday. There's a new and living way. Everybody getting the picture here? Is that true, yes or no? Man, this is an exciting message, isn't it? New and living way. I, I, I not only have access, I not only have the ability, but notice, notice the next verse and write this word down. Notice authority. Verse 21 and having an 
Verse 21, and having an what? High priest. Now, the book of Hebrews has greatly established, thank God for Aaron, but Aaron's not our high priest. Jesus Christ. He's a perfect high priest. And we have a high priest. Listen to me. I, I, want, you to, I want you to gather this. We have a high priest that is effectual in communicating. Listen to me. A high priest goes both ways. So, so, so let, me, let me illustrate this, alright? A high priest who was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin... So, he understands the, the struggles and the aches of our hearts because Jesus was made flesh, was he not? I know you guys were with a doctor. Have you ever been with a doctor trying to describe what was wrong, but you didn't know how to put it in words? You're like, no, that's not it. And the doctor's like, I know exactly what's wrong. And you're like, no, we're going to run this test. And you're like, no, that's not it. And you, you just, you're trying to tell them, but you don't have the ability. Can I tell you something? Jesus has never, he has never lacked the ability to communicate your burdens and your sorrows to the Heavenly Father. So Jesus has the authority to speak on my behalf. He ever liveth to make intercession for but but it's a two-way street he not only communicates my burdens but he also communicates the will and the desires and the power and the grace of the father to us i have a great high priest and i run to him i have access it's a new and it's a living now you got it now no, no, let's understand something come here daniel you're doing so good Take him and get him a coffee after church, all right? He's going to need it. All right, no, no, wait, watch this, watch this. How many understand this? So here's the message. I'm going to, I'm going to be done in like five minutes. So that's the intro. We're ready for the message. You ready? How many understand that with great opportunity comes great responsibility? Yes or no? Great opportunity comes great responsibility. I feel bad for those priests that could only go past that veil one day out of the year. And I get to live here. But how many understand that with this opportunity comes great responsibility? A heavenly life means an earthly ministry. Let me say that phrase one more time because I want you to get that. It is not an earthly life. No, 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 no. This is a new and what kind of way? Come on, come on. I know it's afternoon. Stay with me. A new and what kind of way? So it's not an earthly life. It's a heavenly life with an earthly ministry. Everybody with me? So now that I understand the access and the ability and the authority that I have because of the blood of Jesus Christ, you'll notice in the next couple of verses... Three times it'll say, let us, let us, let us. All right, you guys can be seated. Thank you. Notice what he says. Verse 22, what's the first two words? Let us. Verse 23, what's the first two words? Verse 24, and what? Let us. All right? So, so here's what he's saying. Hey, guess what? New and living way. Woo! I'm excited. All right? Opportunity. Heavenly living. 
earthly responsibility. Hey, friends, you don't get to have access to Jesus Christ and then live like a wicked man on this earth. You don't, that's, that's wicked. Is that right? And, and I'm, I'm just telling you that there is a heavenly, living, earthly responsibility. So let's look at the let us's real quick. Number one, let us, next two words, what are they? Draw near. If I can just say this quickly, that, that draw near is the idea of this. If you read verse 22, it is the preparation that they would use for a sacrifice. Notice what it says. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our body washed with pure water. Literally, that's the idea. A Jew would hear that and he would say, well, I know what they're doing. They're preparing that, that lamb. They're washing it. They're cleansing it. They're purifying it. Well, what are they getting it ready for? They're getting it ready so they can offer that to God. So that that can go before the Lord. Can I, can I say something? Listen to me. Now that I have this life, I need to get my heart right every day to live with God. I don't want to live here if I have opportunity to live here. Amen? If you had a brand new house, why in the world would you be homeless and living on the street? I have an opportunity to live with God. Can I encourage you? Keep your heart clean. Keep your heart right. Prepare your heart to walk with God. Prepare your heart to, to, to serve God. Prepare your heart to, 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 to have that fellowship with Him. Prepare your heart. Verse 22. Let us draw near. Can you imagine if Amy and I were going out on a date and I had been underneath the car changing the oil and changing brake pads and I come out and I'm greased and I'm dirty and I'm black from all the, the, the grease on the car and uh, she's all nice and clean and new dress and perfume and she's like, hey, you ready for the date? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, you going like that? Yeah. I mean, you understand we ain't going. She's like, you're not going in a restaurant like that? Yeah. They don't like me. It's just tough. You got grease all over your face. It's their problem. How many understand that we're not going to have any fellowship that evening? If I, want to, if I want to go on that date, how many understand that there's got to be some cleanness and some bathing and some deodorant and some new clothes? Hey, listen, the same thing. If I want to have a relationship with God, I've got to, start, I've got to get serious about cleaning up my heart. Number two, notice what he says in verse 23. Let us, next two words, what are they? Verse 23, let us what? Hold fast. The idea of hold fast is simply this. It is the profession of our faith. This is not talking about getting saved. I am already saved. This is talking about holding fast or grabbing hold to cling to something, to make it stable in my life. This is the profession of our faith, the confession of our hope that we have placed in Jesus Christ. Can I encourage you, listen to me, this new and living way, every day you ought to walk down in this earthly ministry, clinging on to the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, looking to Him and trusting in Him. And then notice the third let us. It's found in verse 24. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. So this last let us, 
We find the first one is about getting our life clean for fellowship. And the second one is clinging to this hope, this profession of our faith. And the third one is my ministry. It is a ministry here, not where I'm just... Let, let, me, let me say this. Let me say it this way. Let me say it this way. The first let us is about getting my heart right. Yes or no? Is everybody with me on this? Getting my heart right... Getting my foundation established, I'm clinging. But notice the third let us is not about me. The third let us is about my ministry to you. Did everybody see that? So it says here, let us, let us provoke. Now we read this morning about, let's see here. <clears throat> Levi, come here just for a second. I beat him up a little bit this morning. Did I remember our encounter this morning? How many remember that? Provoke. provoke? Yeah. We were talking about Peniah and Hannah, and I was trying to illustrate what that word provoke mean. Did y'all remember what that meant? Some of you forgot. So that word provoke means just like that. How many had an older brother in your life? So you know what the word provoke means. You already... but, but, but this word is not the same. This is not to stir to grief. This is not to provoke to anger. How many understand that the word provoke literally means to stir up and there's some provoking that is good? There, there's some provoking and that's exactly what this is. So here I am. I, 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 I've been spending time with the Lord. Levi, stand right down there if you would. I come down, I'm, I, I, I love this ministry. Man, I can, this is a new and a living way where I get to have access to the Father and access to the grace of God and access to His Holy Spirit that He witnessed inside of me. Now I come down and I, I'm cleaning up my life because I want this access to, to not be hindered and I'm, I'm clinging to the Word of God and I'm, I'm holding fast to that profession of faith. But then I see Levi and, and this walk with God, remember with great opportunity comes great responsibility. And I come to Levi and all of a sudden I want to encourage, I want to provoke, I want to stir him. Say, how do I stir him? Well, there's two areas where I'm going to provoke him. Notice what it says in verse 25 or 4. Let us consider one another to provoke unto two things. What are they? Say them out loud. Number one is what? Love. The Christian life is built on the love of God and the love for others. Yes or no? First thing I want to encourage you to do is love. In your marriage, in your work, in your life, God help us to be loving people. Christians ought to be loving people. We're known for a lot of things, but God help us to love. And then the second thing I want to provoke him to do or stir him up to do is what? Not only love, but what else? Good works. Thank you, Levi. Now, stay right there. Stay right there. Stay right there. So how do I do that? Verse 25. So here, not forsaking the, what's that next word? Assembling of ourselves together is the manner of some is. Well, what does that mean, Brother Nance? It means going to church. Okay, so let me, the, the Bible doesn't make sense. So I, I've got this new and living way. I get my heart right. I'm holding fast to this profession. And then I've got this third challenge to where I'm to provoke him to love and to good works. 
And you're telling me that that just assembling and coming to church provokes people to love and good works? You're, you're telling me that, that just by coming to the house of God on Sunday and Sunday night and Wednesday night, just by being here, just, just by assembling with God's people, that I'm actually, that's a ministry? I'm saying that in a sarcastic way. You're saying that's a ministry? And it is. By the way, let me just help you with something. You being here, it is stirring somebody up. You coming to church, you, you, you don't think this family who was in the hospital yesterday coming to church hasn't provoked some people to love and good works? And I don't even know this family, and I've already been provoked. Not in a bad way, but I've been provoked in a good way. Is that true, yes or no? Well, if I went to that church, no one would even know I was there. They wouldn't even miss me. That is a lie, friends. That's not the Word of God. I'm telling you, when you come to church, you may not realize it, but when you come to church, your presence in the house of God, your assembly with God's people, literally is stirring somebody up to love and to do good works. Yes or no? Well, you know what, I, I don't like to sing, and it's, I, I just, you know, I'm not a big singer, and I, I don't even know why we have to sing all these songs, and they've got these, these songs that I don't know, and so I, I, I really just don't have to, shame on you with that attitude. You ought to come to church, and man, you ought to lift up your voice and sing. Number one, we sing unto God, is that right? But do you not understand? Listen to me, God knows what's good. Internet church doesn't provoke. And I've got people that I understand. Listen, if you're in the hospital, do the best you can. And, and if you need to, you know, watch. And I've had people that are in nursing homes and they're shut-ins. And all they have is the Internet. Thank God for that. But can I tell you, I've had so many of those people that would say this. Pastor, I would, I would do anything to be in the house of God and just to hear people singing and to sing with them. Do you know that God created us in that fashion? And when we come and assemble here and we hear God's people singing how great thou art and marvelous grace of our loving Lord, grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt. You know what that does to my heart? I'll tell you what it does when I hear somebody sing. Even if it's off key, it just says, Amen! And it provokes me and it stirs me up and it rallies me to live more for God. And it's an earthly ministry from somebody who is living the new and living way. Everybody with me on this? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some men, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day of approaching. Thank you, you can't be seated now. I appreciate this church. I live in Tampa, Florida. I have been shocked this year by the number of independent Baptist churches that are no longer having Sunday night services. And they're no longer having Sunday school. They've gone to Wednesday night. Wednesday night is now the Sunday school. That's the new flavor of the ice cream. So we have our Sunday school for Wednesday night. And uh, so pastors are bragging 
I only have to prepare one message a week, and that's on Sunday morning, because Sunday, Wednesday nights, we have our small group, in the cl- and I'm not trying to beat them down, but I, I'm just, if I read the Bible, I don't, I don't think it says, so less the more. I think it says, so much the more, as you see the day approaching. Can I tell you something? Anybody want to, you know, I know we've got some old timers and I say that word with great, great respect. We've got some old timers in here that used to go to the public school back in the 1950s. And and uh, they they had some teachers in the school there and principals that that loved God and taught the word of God. And there was a different culture back. There was a different morality back then. Am I right? Yes or no? And, and we look at today and we look at society and where it has fallen and we look at the, the wickedness. And, and can I tell you something? Can I, can I just be honest? As an independent fundamental Baptist preacher, you know what I need every time I go to church? I need somebody to stir and provoke me more and more and more because I am like flooded with an ungodly world when I step outside these doors. And you are too. I mean, we just, we, just, we just walk around downtown and drive down the streets and the ungodliness is just like a flood coming in. And man, when you come to the house of God, is it not like, is it not like a place of refreshment for your soul? And what a joy it is to see. Can I, can I just tell you something? Thank God for the little kids coming up here and saying, thankful I'm going to camp this summer. You might say, ah, it's just, you know, they're just wasting time. No, thank God for young people. You know what it says to my heart? Thank God for kids that are learning how to praise God. And, 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 and everything about the surf, man, just stirs and stirs and stirs and stirs and stirs. Man, how we need God to work in our life. I want to challenge you. You have a heavenly opportunity that requires a great earthly responsibility. A new and living way. So let's leave here today and let us, let us, let us. Father, I pray you'd bless. Thank you for working in our hearts. Thank you for the opportunity, dear God, to just assemble with the believers today. Lord, as we think about this new and living way, as we think about the access that we have with an almighty God, challenge us, O Lord, to serve you with all of our hearts. God, help us to be clean. Help us to cling to your word. And Lord, help us to minister to those around us and stir them to love and good works. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Let's all stand. We're going to have just a verse of invitation. I'll not prolong it today. You've heard the message, but I challenge you to come. I challenge you to live a new and a living way.
Amen. Brother Nance, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to this week, and I enjoy Bible preaching. And excellent. I